0: Welcome party people to The Biscuit, I'm your host William Bartram, thank you for clicking and choosing The Biscuit, please rate and review the show if you guys haven't done that already, I haven't asked you to do it in a while, I'd appreciate it, it helps the show, it's free, Uh, over 200 episodes now of just pure outlaw hockey podcasting, some heavy metal in there too, Uh, you know, I gotta mix all my interests in there. And, uh, you know, a lot of enforcers, a lot of uh, skilled players, just anyone who I think is interested in hockey. And today's episode is no different. Very excited to have Rob Lalonde back on the show, the co founder and owner of Butt Ends. Um, Before we get into that episode, though, I want to get you guys into some hairless ape. And uh, what does it mean to be a hairless ape? It's more than just a t t shirt with a catchphrase. It's a way of looking at the world, seeing your failure as opportunity, seeing hardship and tragedy as lessons taught by our small community as our tribe. They hold nothing back over hairless ape conspiracies. You would know that if you followed on Instagram. Those guys are badasses. And they understand that we need to get back to the natural order of things. And by strengthening our bodies with hard work, our minds with knowledge, And they fight hard, love harder, and Hairless Ape will not stop until they throw dirt upon them. The mission is to increase our influence, spread our dogma, and create a brand that's as true as our patrons are to their passions. Learn more at HairlessApeInc.com or email HairlessApeInc at gmail.com. And when you're going to uh, check out, use the promo code BISCUIT10 to save yourself 10% off. You're welcome. Also, head over to parkersplatoon.org, the nonprofit organization started by Scott Parker, Francesca Parker, and DJ Parker to help wounded combat veterans specifically. So, go over there, see how you can help in your community today or help with parkersplatoon.org. Every dollar counts. Thank you. Don't be a terrorist. Go check them out. Also, go over to warroad.com. TJ Oshi's company, it's a high quality hockey apparel company, and uh, I love everybody over at War Road, I love all my War Road gear, and uh, they've got everything from fucking golf underwear to hockey goggles, I mean, it's they've got everything, if you can think of it, they got it, head over to War Road, go follow them on all their social media, let them know the biscuit sent you their way, and my buddy over at 22 J. Off ice clothing. A kid from the UK with hopes of playing in the NHL one day thought, Meh, "How am I going to go to all these camps and learn all this hockey shit? You know, I'm not going to beg on money on the streets." So he started his own clothing company. Hats off to that kid. Go support him any way you can. At 22J Off Ice on all social medias. And as always, we are brought to you by HockeyFights.com. That's HockeyFights.com, where you go to watch hockey fights. And we've even had a couple hockey fights here at the beginning of the season. It's been nice. And hockey is back, thank fucking God. Now, over oh, got, got the right hand, He's pray. loose with the right hand, and he starts to retaliate, and down goes Nylon. And the two of them are hammering each other.
1: Knights of Columbus, that hurts! It's old time, my
0: Enforcer of all hockey podcasts. It's the biscuit. It's the biscuit.
1: Damn it! Technical regulation size of what?
0: The enforcer of all hockey podcasts.
1: God help the fucking day if fighting's ever been. There's a country we'll stop working on sabbatin's so fucking canceled. Hi everybody. It's the biscuit podcast. Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. Good luck, with Good luck to you
0: soon, buddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I have international world traveler superstar, the co founder and owner of Bud Ends. He played in the AHL, he played in the ECHL. Rob, what's up, dude? Oh, wow, what an intro. And you killed it, man. And you killed
1: the name, too,
0: perfectly. Hey, I've, I've, it only took me two years I got it right, eh? That
1: was awesome, man. That reminded <laughs> me of. Uh, the Rick Genaret uh, La 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 Fontaine call from back in the
0: day. Oh man, thank you. That's that's. Uh, I'll, I'll take that compliment any day, man. Yeah, there
1: you go, man. Just like we the Hall of Famer right
0: there. <laughs> so, dude, where are you at? What's going on, man?
1: Um, right now, now I'm back. I'm down in uh, uh, Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, uh, which is where I'm residing, and basically running uh, my company from
0: down here uh, remotely. So that's for tax reasons, huh? Ah, uh, that's interesting. I didn't come down here for tax reasons, but it's uh, definitely—I
1: uh, think—a perk of living down in Puerto Rico is uh, there's a lot of tax refugees down here uh, that are discovering the the benefits of no state, no federal for uh, for Puerto Rico for residents, um, and then being able—you know—forced into the situation that we've been into with COVID and everything. Uh, you know, my schedule got flattened, uh, basically not able to go into the rinks, not able to travel, um, and then just setting up down here. It's uh, it's pretty doable and it's pretty exciting down here.
0: Now I. I had no idea about all that tax stuff, but there was a dude on Rogan who I think he's like a financial investor or he like knows shit about Bitcoin or something. Oh yeah, Peter Schiff. Yes, Peter Schiff. I,
1: I heard it. I heard the same podcast, man, and he actually was one of the people who – I heard that podcast and I was very intrigued about Puerto Rico. I'd never been here before um, and it kind of put in the back of my mind, but you know, with what we were doing with ice hockey, I was living in New York City before I came here. And, you know, obviously staying close to the Northeast is, was imperative for what I was doing. And then after, you know, everything got canceled, um, my cousin Ryan and I, we've been surfing together a lot. We were looking for what's a good place that we can go during COVID that's, you know, I guess like, you know, it's still domestic down here because it's the U.S. Um, we found our way down here. We've been living down here. My cousin works remotely. I work remotely. We surf down here. And uh, we just, yeah, it's uh, pretty sweet spot
0: so do you, do you have to change over like the you know quote unquote headquarters of ends then so you can get those benefits or how does that work uh that's
1: a good question uh i'm not a, we're, we're trying to work on it right now to see what we have to do to you know obviously be, you know qualify for some of the benefits yeah you know uh, but as far as the company no the ends is based in buffalo our warehouse is in buffalo um and we run everything through com. So basically, you know, you can run it from anywhere. That's but, right. Uh, business itself, the warehouse, and everything is in Buffalo.
0: Military Road, right? Exactly. That's badass, dude. I we talked last time. I fucking love Buffalo, man.
1: Oh yeah, great time to be in Buffalo right now too. The Bills are winning. Uh, the hockey's back. People are excited about the Sabers. Uh, it's a great place. I was I was just home. I came home for Christmas and I uh, got a chance to see my family and some friends. And that was fantastic, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool time to be in Buffalo.
0: Dude, people in Buffalo are are high on the hog right now. They're partying on frozen pools. The Bills are absolutely killer. Like they can't get hot. Like you said, hockey's starting, they can't get any happier up there right now.
1: Yeah, it's 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 great, and uh, you know, it's been a long time coming for the city, and it's exciting to see. And I know everybody's really excited. Uh, you know, it's great to get uh, some shine on the city. It's a great place, and the, the fact the Bills are doing well, it's awesome.
0: Now, I know you, you grew up a Bruins guy. Tell me you're not, like, a, a Patriots fan, though. you got to be a Bills oh, guy, right? No.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it was tough. I, I went to school at Merrimack College from oh2 through oh6 And um, as a Buffalo kid, like, going out to, the, to, to Massachusetts for school, you know, obviously, you know, on Sunday, NFL Sunday, I'd be running my mouth for four years about the Bills. The Bills won one game in four years, and it was not really meaningful. And every other game was getting bumped by the Pats, So, no, I'm a – I'm glad to see the Bills finally get some dubs.
0: So, did you get to watch it down there, or did you just have to like you know catch it? Because I know you said you're in the middle of a move. Were you able to watch the game last night?
1: Um, I followed the game. I follow sports on like Twitter and Instagram and things like that. And uh, last night, I was pretty much glued to NHL.com because I had a couple guys going uh, last night that were really exciting. And uh, so, I was watching mostly hockey last night, but following the game on Twitter and uh, you know through Instagram and things like that.
0: That was where I, I'm a Bengals fan, so like I I love the Bills. Bills Mafia, are the best fans in the world. So I was watching hockey last night too, but I was I was happy to see that they won, and I I hope they win the Super Bowl, man. I think it would be the best party of all time.
1: Yeah, to be super cool for the city of Buffalo, and uh, yeah, definitely. If anybody deserves it, it's Bills fans. They've been they've been uh, loyal for so many years. It's cool to see them have a, a great team going in with a you know obviously a great quarterback and a great great lineup. So that's cool.
0: Um, it's interesting. I wanted to ask you, you know, where you're at because I, I see your Instagram all the time and I'm like, this dude's just like beach cruising. I'm like, I thought you were in Florida. I had like not paid attention to the location of it. So I I guess that makes sense that you're in Puerto Rico. So you're just sunbathing, surfing, you know, eating shellfish, having a great time.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I started surfing with my cousin, uh, uh, you know, summer and like we've been, you know, growing up, we grew up doing that sort of thing and uh, surfing became something that I really enjoyed doing uh, as like both for exercise and just to, uh, you know, very challenging and it's a new thing. And um, yeah, with, with, you know, what we, what happened with, you know, obviously this, uh, you know the hockey season and the schedule for, for our company uh, coming down here just uh, made sense as far as logistics. And obviously, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to be uh, paddling out, catching lots of waves.
0: How hard is it to surf?
1: Um, it's, I guess like it's it's hard. It's very challenging. I mean, you know, it's a lot different than you know obviously what I'm used to with ice hockey. But yeah. uh, once you get the once you catch a wave and get the hang of it, all of a sudden it, it kind of gets you. You know, you want to go out for another one, and you know, every time you paddle out, it's a different experience and a very challenging one. And you realize very quickly that you know you're kind of alone out there with your with all of your faculties, and you have to you know figure things out real quickly. But, but start catching waves, start getting the feel, and uh, just uh, it's definitely a lot of fun, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing it for sure.
0: Did any of the balance of ice skating transfer over? Is it a completely new gig?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely uh, some, some, uh, you know, some of the balance and just being on, you know, an ice hockey's played on frozen, frozen water, and now all of a sudden you're out there on moving water. So there's like a little bit of a, com- a comparison there, and just uh, you know, being outside of your element, uh, being out on the wave, and being out in the ocean is. Uh, is kind of like, you know, kind of like being out on the ice in, in a way. But, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of discipline like hockey. And, and, you know, I guess a lot of the things, you know, that uh, i used in my hockey career uh, have translated over to trying to figure out, you know, surfing for myself.
0: Now, have you seen any spooky shit out there? Like, because the ocean's terrifying to me. I'll go out and swim in it. But, like, to paddle out like you guys do seems absolutely insane to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, you know when we first started, uh, you know when we first got here, and, you know looking at some of the ways that these guys surf, it was pretty intense. I've been I've been training hard, like uh, to prepare myself. Quite honestly, I've been doing like breath work and breath hold work, which is actually kind of a fascinating thing. I discovered uh, you know doing breath hold like oxygen deprivation training uh as like something that i would have liked to use for uh as a way to you know challenge yourself even further in some of the workouts you know by holding your breath and by you know preparing for situations that are going to make you really uncomfortable uh and by doing that you know and and just by spending more time in the water you become more comfortable it's kind of like you know comparative to hockey where the more time you spend on the ice you know the more reps you get the better you become it's kind of the same thing
0: so are you doing the weim uh breathing exercises and all that
1: yeah, I, I've used the Wim Hof uh, breathing method. I, thought, I just come for him, uh, you know, in, in similar areas, probably like with Joe Rogan podcast or, you know, seeing him on other shows. And uh, I think there's something to what he's what he's teaching. And I don't know if you've ever done any of his breathing stuff, but it's pretty fascinating with like a couple a couple courses. You realize, you know, with a couple different exercises, you can hold your breath for a lot longer just by practicing. Um, and so I started I started practicing for, you know, my surfing because quite honestly, I was afraid we we're going out in these waves that get up there, you know, Eight, 10-foot waves with, with some, you know, an, if you're not very good, you crash, you, you get hold downs. Like, I want to be able to go underwater and, like, be more comfortable. Uh, so I started practicing for surfing and realized that, like, this has an applicability over in, in hockey as well. You know, you're at the end of a shift. You've been out there too long. You know, you need to recover facts. You need to get right back out on the ice. You need to be able to perform when you don't have tons of, you know, tons of oxygen in your system. And so I've been kind of, you know, taking the stuff I'm doing with surfing and and trying to give back and and show, you know, some of the young hockey players that follow our channel. Here's here's another way you can train. Here's a little thing you can add to your current training. And um, I think it's kind of exciting.
0: Oh, definitely, dude. That's one thing I really enjoy about your social media. You'll do like, you know, zero weight exercises that are specifically for hockey, you know, and you'll be out, you know, wherever you may be and find a ledge or whatever you need to do them I think that's good for hockey players and everyone alike but like you said and I think that's what's most exciting about podcasting is athletes you know or former athletes like yourself are able to see these methods that you know Rogan might have on his podcast talk to a guy for 4 hours about breathing and you go, "Well, shit, I wish I could have had that when I was, uh, you know, a young athlete." So now the kids can kind of pull all these tools out like I do the the cold showers and it absolutely is makes a difference in your life. Period. I mean, and that's just turning the temperature down on your shower, and like you had mentioned, recovery. I don't think there's ever been a better time for human beings ever to understand recovery, especially as an athlete.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And you, you, it's great, like what you said, where you, you pick up these things, and now we're able at scale to learn all these different uh, you know methods for you know excellence that nobody you know in the past ten years ago people didn't have access to. You know, now you can incorporate them into your daily life. You know, maybe you're going to be a better podcaster because you're going to be more clear from taking your cold shower. Uh, Same kind of thing with, like, you know, all of a sudden some of the, you know, the things that I'm learning from surfing that I'm learning online. I'm learning these things on the Internet. i am able to take it over into the hockey sphere and, you know, and there's benefits there as well.
0: That's huge. It's huge. I think a big thing, too, that I've been realizing, too, that people are, especially like a UFC fighter, they'll take a day off if they need one. I think that's a big thing that athletes – you know you used to have coaches but come on pussy keep grinding keep doing like no sometimes you just need to take a day off
1: yeah for sure
0: um so you've been you never really got out of shape from the time you retired like 10 years ago at this point isn't that crazy but like you've been able to stay in shape and keep training was that just always a part of your life then
1: Yeah, I became, uh, you know, I was a disciplined hockey player, you know, coming up to get to, after I, you know, after I, you know, even in high school, I started becoming disciplined. I grew up with Brooks Orbeck as somebody who I looked up to, um, and he was a little older than me from Buffalo, his work ethic was, like, literally off the charts, you know, he was in the gym all the time, and I I, I saw what he was able to accomplish with his work ethic, and I I instilled that in my life, and, you know, as I got older, uh, you know, it became even more a part of my life, and then, uh, you know, becoming a pro athlete, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it's something that I took pride in and, you know, I really wanted to, you know, I spent a lot of time to, to be in good shape. And I remember when I retired, uh, like right after I stopped playing, I, I was like hanging out with one of my buddies and or one of my old teammates. And, you know, you see a lot of guys, they, they stop playing and then they immediately, you know, they're not going to be skating anymore. They don't want to work out anymore. And it doesn't take too long uh, to nope. get out of shape. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember uh, my buddy. It was uh, my boy Matt Hernandez. I was skating with him and his dad. We were coaching a team in Reading, and I remember his dad was like, "Oh, you're done playing now." He's like, "Ah, oh, so now it's time to just let her go and get fat and sit on the couch." And I remember looking at him like, "No, not a chance." Like, There's no, way. There's no way I'm gonna do that. So I, I realized I don't know. You gotta you know work almost harder now as you get older to try to keep you know maintain, um, yeah, and stay in shape.
0: Well, definitely because you're not burning. You're not playing a game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah, exactly, you know, so just, you know, it's something that for me, and also with with ends, like, you know, I'm trying to encourage, you know, certain behaviors that I know it takes, you know, for young people, if you want to make it to the next level, the earlier you get started with discipline, you know, the better off you're going to be, you know, in my life, you know, I had, I found discipline, but, you know, a little bit later than maybe I wanted, so, you know, I try to encourage young kids, like, you don't, it's not like you have to be... You know in the gym four hours a day like for me for my life it's just like something every day you know try to do something every day and and that adds up you know day after day of just like you know putting in a little bit of work will add up to a huge body of work um and it's also it's got to stay fun too you know for yes. me like i enjoy i enjoy what i'm doing with workouts and uh, i try to keep it that way because as soon as it's like for me as soon as it's not enjoyable then it feels like work and then i'm like uh <laughs> i'll probably just like figure out a way not to do that you know
0: Well, that was a big takeaway I, you know, got from our first conversation, you know, on the podcast that, you know, because you, you know, self-proclaimed late bloomer, like you were, you know, not, I mean, guess mediocre at hockey for a long time until a certain, you know, when it just kind of clicked and made sense. So as a young person, like you said, you just need to keep going, have fun with it and, do i mean work as hard as you can and eventually it's either going to work or it's not going to you know but you still have to realize it is a game and don't kill yourself when you're 13 years old you know over you know trying to make the squad or whatever it's you just keep grinding and if you love it it's going to happen
1: yeah it's all about uh it's all about the like you know the longevity of these players like you know i'm hearing a lot of kids and i see you know everybody wants to get to that next level as soon as possible and i one of the things i'm you know i tell kids all the time is like you know you have you have more time than you think like you have till you're 20, 21, if you really want to develop yourself as a player to, you know, to make it somewhere, you know, you don't need to be, you know, not everybody's going to be that, you know, Austin Matthews prospect. That's going to be 17, 16 and like, you know, already being drafted and then recruited or, you know, playing pro at 18 or 19. Um, you know, you have more time than you think, but you got to make sure that, you know, you're putting in the work, you're enjoying what you do and yeah, just, you know, figure out a way not to, you know, don't quit, you know, stay with it and, you know, keep working at it and, you know, put in that, that body of work and you can develop yourself into a player.
0: Well, I, and the guy's name's escaping me, but, you know, uh, the 31-year-old guy who made his debut in the bubble with the Habs, I mean, it it happens.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I, I saw guys even when I was coming up, too, that, uh, you know, didn't didn't play their first NHL game until their late 20s, you know, and uh, or what's even, like, uh, look at Jordan Bennington. Uh, he's an example yeah. of a guy I, I have a lot of respect for who, you know, grinded it out to get there. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't. He didn't go right to the show, uh, or you, 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 uh, a guy like Peter Murazik who's a butt ends goalie. Like he's a guy that you know played in the East Coast Hockey League and then had to, you know, grind it out to the American League. And like, uh, so not all the guys you see, you always hear about the you know the superstars and their success route. And it's like right to the top, but uh, there's a lot of guys uh, that you know you can you can you can work your way to the top as well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Be as naturally gifted as some of the superstars.
0: Well, and a lot of it too, you know, from having a lot of hockey players on the, you know, 200 episodes I've done is having a positive attitude and networking and understanding that that's part of it too. And you know, when you are working out, you know, have a smile on your face or you know, say hi to everybody, kind of keep a positive. Because if you if you are at the same level as somebody and you're this positive. You know, go lucky guy, and then there's a guy with the same amount of talent who's kind of a dick. Who do you think they're
1: going to want in the room? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and a lot of times it's like, you know, having a good relationship with your coach because you know that coach could you know all of a sudden he's going to get a job offer and he's going to go to some other team you know what he's going to get, he's going to bring the guys with him who he likes 100 and, and who he can trust and you know mm. a lot of times that's the difference between you know a guy who makes it to the national hockey league and somebody who doesn't is like you know his coach makes it to the national hockey league and then guess what if he needs a third line grinder who knows how to win face-offs and penalty kill or fourth liner and that's the kind of player you are you know normally you just be a number, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like those guys are a dime a dozen. But if the coach knows you and he likes you, he's going to bring his guys with him. And you see coaches in the NHL, they bring guys with them wherever they go. And, um, you know, it's important to try to maybe try to be one of those players if, you know, you're not one of the superstars.
0: Oh, it constantly happens. I mean, Doug Smith would say, you know, a coach liked him. He'd call him to come up for the weekend to play in the Coast. Like, that, that's how he kept his career going. Or, you know, Trevor Geeley is on the recent fight stories was saying this coach liked me. So he gave me a shot and it worked out and he'd end up playing for the Islanders. I mean – That there's a massive thing to having a a positive attitude. That I think that you you guys at Butt Ends are pushing, you know, forward with with the youth, you know, because you are, you know, at the pop up shops doing the workouts out there with the kids, and you can go. I know from experience. Here we go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, for sure, it's it's. Uh, we're grateful, uh, you know, for every single day that what we get to do, and um, you know, having that positive attitude and bringing that to your work every day. Um, it, that you know, you're going to be successful at something if you enjoy what you do and you put in, you know, and, and you're really having fun with it. You're going to be successful because you'll you'll do it a lot.
0: Oh so. yeah, and like you said, I mean, no one's Austin Matthews or Wayne Gretzky. That happens every 20 years. You know what I mean? And it's one kid. It, you got to keep grinding. You got to keep going. And you have, I think what you said last time we were on too is at the end of the day, you have to love it or it's not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And that, that was something too. Like I got a a little rig out in the garage, just, you know, bench legs, whatever. But when I go out there now, I take the kids with me and I'm out there, you know, having fun, like letting them know that exercise doesn't suck. Cause you hear so many people bitch and complain like, Oh, I don't want it, like, then don't do it. I mean, then don't exercise if you, if it's such a hassle, like it, it is fun. It feels good to feel good. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, again, it's it, for me, it's the same thing. Uh, the workouts that I do are, are all pretty, I mean, you know, every time I, I started, it, it's always like, oh, you know, it's like, you got to get it done. But, uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff outside and I try to, I try to keep it fun for myself just so that I, you know, stay motivated.
0: And have you ever worked out and at the end of it been like, I wish I didn't do that?
1: Obviously no, that's the best part is the right? The, 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 you always feel you always feel better. So
0: a hundred percent of the time you feel better, man. And that's that is that is absolutely the best part. Um I wanted I wanna get, you know, it's been I think two years since you've been on and butt ends has absolutely exploded, man. I, I you know I follow you, you've been all over the world promoting, doing these pop-up shops. So I wanna talk about, you know, from December 2018 when you were on get me up until March of 2020. Tell me what that was like. And then we'll talk about, you know, being a small business in the COVID times, but I want to know about those two years where you guys were just absolutely killing it. You were going everywhere. I see little kids with the drip all over the place. We'll talk about some of the new pros you got, but just talk about the last two years, uh, you know, for butt ends. Um, well, so yeah,
1: thanks man. It's been, I can't believe it's been two years since we, isn't that crazy? It seems like yesterday. I still remember, uh, I still remember doing the podcast years ago, but, uh, yeah, the last two years, and I mean, we've had, we've, we've, been in business since 2013 and like, you know, every year is sort of built on the, on the, on the previous year. Um, and the last two years were amazing and, uh, very rewarding as a company. We've, you know, been growing, um, you know, I guess maybe you know you say we blew up it seems obviously to me real like you know brick by brick and we're, we're grinding but yeah like get you know uh, every year we go out into you know the tournaments gr- uh, the sector and you know going to the you know the shows with all the hockey players uh, you know to be accepted by the hockey community and uh, uh, to have you know, people recognize us. It's going from in the beginning when we first started, you know, everybody would walk up and be like, you know, what's your brand? Who are you? What do you do? And then uh, you know, now this now we go to certain shows and everyone's, oh, what ends is here?
0: Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah.
1: Up, says, oh, That's awesome. With it, and you know, my buddies use these, or you know, so and so uses these, or oh, Keel Thomas uses that grip, or you know, people are name dropping some of our pro guys. Um, so it's been great, and uh, yeah, and we used to have a little bit more opportunity because in the very beginning when we were small, we had we saw at NHL, we had NHL guys using our stuff since 2013. Shout out Brennan Prust, and uh, shout out my man Jeff Petrie, who's Petrie is
0: out. the but bomb, in, in the dude. It, bomb.
1: yeah, dude. Petri, yeah, Petrie for the Noritz I'm calling it right now. Oh I'm my god, dude! I'll I
0: co-sign that. that, dude. He is. He's got. I mean, he's on another level so far. I mean, it's very early, but he well, is. In points? Dude, he's on know, it, dude. I know we're two games
1: in. I'm just
0: saying. Dude, he's on it, man, and that's got to be fucking sweet to see. And like, cause you, well, I feel like the the butt ends bounty hunter, dude, because I'm like looking down the sidelines now, and like I'm like, oh, there's one. It doesn't. Yeah, it feels that's like the idea, man. That was like the
1: whole thing. I'm like, I get people to notice it on people, you know, on these pros and. Um, but but that's the interesting thing so like you know you mentioned in 2018 around then we before then we were we were a lot smaller you know and as we grew um but in the beginning we would be able to like use like the nhl you know if a, if a guy had a picture you know a picture of a guy using the grip in the nhl throw it up online and it was like nobody whatever but then uh you know as you get bigger that starts <laughs> yeah <laughs> the nhl was like oh, sorry guys this is a pay-to-play league and they, they basically shut us down and they're like we can't use their their likeness anymore so the last two years have been a lot more like, you know, we don't have that NHL to lean back on for our, you know, to promote our brand. So we do a lot more, you know, with the, you know, the actual hockey community itself, you know, the younger kids, the younger players, at you know, all the different events and, you know, creating content and videos and like, you know, promoting our company basically without the NHL has been, you know, what we've been doing, you know, up until the last couple of years um so it's been it, but it's been great you know it's been uh, you know it's given us a lot you know we've had to be more creative um since last we spoke it was uh, you know things have gone have gone really well for us and we've got to travel last year was amazing we had our first hockey camp blood ends hockey camp over the summer in new york city nice. it was a huge success and, and to be able to have you know uh, 40 kids at the camp all week and uh, we put on a great you know it was a great camp and uh, you know really exciting time and um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun the, the last few years.
0: So they want you to pay for licensing then to, because the Jersey would be in the, the shot or something, the NHL. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, you know, it, that's basically how it works, you know, like the NHL you can't just, uh, you gotta, if you don't have licensing, then, you know, you have to, you have to pay for it. So, um. so
0: can you use, like, say a picture of Max Domi, just standing there with no blue jackets gear on it, holding a stick, or is, do you have to pay for that too?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a, that's tricky too because then you deal with the, then you have the player and the player has an agent, so that yeah. they they have something and, and um, we just try to you know we try to be creative with what we do with that. But um, I've been basically trying to stay away from you know as much NHL you know logos and things because I just don't want to you know I just don't want to deal with that. I don't you know it's not necessary. It'd be, it'd be cool, <clears throat> you know, for the time being. We'll, we'll see how it looks from a business perspective, like a business standpoint, in the future as far as like licensing and where we want to go with the company and the brand. Um, but for now, it was like, you know, as, as a company, we, we just decided to just, okay, we won't use the NHL. We don't, you know, we're established enough now where we can yeah. you know, get our word out there and our name out there. And honestly, like, I'm grateful for the, the time in which we live where... You know, we're, we're all in control of our own marketing, essentially. So we can we can still, you know, create value for our customers and show what we're doing. And we don't need the NHL basically uh, as a gatekeeper to let us in, you
0: know. Oh, for sure. I mean, people ask me all the time, like, well, why don't you get on a network? Why don't you do this? I'm like, because I can do whatever I want. I can book yeah, whoever I, I can book, whoever want. I can say whoever I can record whenever I want. It doesn't make sense for me. Because, I mean, they're not going to get you can't guarantee me more listens than I already get. I mean, I'm just I don't believe you. You know what I mean? And then they want to get into like dig their teeth into you. I just like you said, it's a, a wonderful time for that as a as a business person to be able to just run your own show and reach literally everybody in their hand. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you have you have the power in your in your phone or in your whatever in your camera that you can, you know, create something and it can go out to the whole world and, you know, you can find your audience and your audience can find you. And um, it's, it's nice. And I mean, you're out there or, you know, before the now you're on the streets at the at the pop ups doing it, talking about it. And you can still say, I mean, next time you guys are watching a Habs game, see, look at Petrie, see what he's got on his stick. I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. Right.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, what I mean, and like we, I certainly you know tried to do that as as much as possible, and you know, even just uh, um, like it was great at World like over the summer. Uh, Tim Stutzler, he reached out to us and was like interested in the product, and we got a relationship going with him, and he started using butt ends, and then he popped up at World Juniors and blew up with you know. We started promoting that And then now he's on, on the Senators Scored his first goal last night That's what I was watching last night uh, Dude, he had
0: week. a ripper last night
1: wow, man, what a way to score your first goal Good, so you know, good God up. Yeah,
0: exactly Your first goal is that nasty Like <laughs> It was, all, I know, it was unbelievable
1: uh, Pucks floating out of midair He one times it short side um, And then, yeah, so like, I just did a little I did a little, you know, made a video today And sort of like featured that clip but not you know i did not like an you know a picture from you know you know I get images or something yeah yeah for that, sure you know, on, our, on our page a little <laughs> bit more yeah you can be a little more creative uh, you know with with the content nowadays
0: well and i think you understand too as a smart businessman that like the reaching the, the youth of the the hockey community is absolutely massive for you guys because if they start using the butt ends at U six, that's all they ever know. That's what they're going to use. There is not going to be a a stigma or anything of tape because it's oh I've I've always used the butt ends. I you know what what are you what, what are you talking about? Yeah, for sure. Long term for our, for our business,
1: it was always something that we saw. You know, like we started uh, you know getting you know the, the, the key or the, the core audience for us in the beginning was like Pee around that age and it was like as money every year it was like just go in and you know meet every player and you know now a lot of these guys that were young kids um you know back in the day when we first started our business that i you know met at the pv tournament or met at the king of the ring tournament in toronto or uh you know showdown in motown like you <laughs> know in 07 or or or, or in, you know in 13 or 14 uh you know a lot of these kids now are are coming up and they're you know, getting drafted, and they're in the you know some of them are in the NHL, and you know a lot of them have stuck with us and used the grips from you know the time they were young kids to now all of a sudden they're pro college players, junior players, uh and it's super exciting to see it.
0: Well, absolutely, man, and if there's any parents listening to like if you look at the price point of a butt ends, which is I think most of them are right what right around twenty five dollars compared to buying tape forever, and if you're a, a Youth hockey player, you can make one last a couple seasons in all honesty. So you're looking at that price to a kid who may or may not continue playing hockey. So you're a parent going, uh, it, it only makes sense in my mind. And then it's just better, too. That's the thing about it. Like I've got my, you know, you were nice enough to send me a couple la- the last time you were on. So my nephew uses his, absolutely loves it. My daughter's got hers on now, playing with the first time. I'll Have to send you a picture of her with it, man. Uh, and yeah, that'll be sick. And uh, I, I don't see my my brother was like, oh shit, like I'm never taping a stick again. Like this, it's an absolute no brainer once you use one.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, I appreciate it. Thanks, and uh, yeah, it's exciting that you know from the. From the cost perspective obviously you could you know it saves the gloves it's reusable it's like it you know it, it keeps its it keeps its look and feel like so much longer you know and for me as a as a player whenever you know obviously i grew up taping my sticks and you know you see guys that it, you, you tape your knob and you use it a couple times it gets wet it starts to get like old real fast and it's hard to get off um yeah these are all the problems that we wanted to try to solve but the main thing is like when you know when you step onto that ice like does it feel good and I, you know a lot of guys like them and they think it feels better. So it's like you get all the benefits and then you get the upgraded feel for your performance as well.
0: Yeah, feels good, and then it stays the same, man. That, that, I think that's a big point, too, is the consistency of it. We And we spoke about that before, but it's like your butt end's always your butt end. I mean, that's the way the way it is. And I what 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 are the differences between, say, the you know, the fusion to the new futures? Are they longer? Do they have bigger knobs? That's a question I wanted to ask, uh, or is it just a color thing?
1: Yeah. So all of, we've got uh, all the different grips that we have have a different shape to them, and we try to basically uh, hit it hit like the different like most popular styles of the way that people take their sticks currently. You know, so there, if you look at like a stick rack nowadays, you can see some pretty common like the mo- you know everybody's got sort of a you know either like a knob or you like a twirl or you don't like a knob or there's like a pretty set up way of doing it. So. Basically, what we try to do is, is hit all the different, like, um, you know, the main styles. And then, you know, you can fit yourself. We have, a uh, like, a, a Q&A on our Instagram page that you can, you know, basically get fitted to the one that's probably right for you based on how you currently take your stick. And they have different feels, different shapes, uh, you know, different color options and, and, you know, different ways you can, you know, mix it to match to get it just right for you. And, yeah, if you see guys. It's, it's always fun to see, like, get different guys in the show, like, using different styles and uh, you know, a lot. Of, some of the NHL players, like nowadays, they'll, they'll even like add their own little twist to them. Like Petrie, for example, he uses the Fusion Z, but he actually does like he grips the he grips a piece of tape underneath it and creates an even bigger knob underneath the Fusion Z. Yeah, and he created his own special style that he likes. But yeah, he's and well, he's he, been using that grip for a while now.
0: That's what I use as the Fusion Z. I think I might put because I like a big knob. That would be. I think I might do that Petrie move then.
1: Yeah, the Petri knob is sick. He, he's uh, he he's he's got a, he's got it popped out pretty nice, you know. So he's, he, but it's very doable. You know, anybody can do that at home too. Like, still, you're, you know, just like kind of like with tape, you know, you create your with the feel that you want, and uh, with the butt ends grip, with the rubber on the top. It's so nice. It's it's
0: great. Now, where did you guys? I mean, from design to manufacturing, how does that happen? Like, okay, you, so you come up with the idea. I know. I think when you were in Merrimack, and you, then you kind of have to wait a little bit until you can make it actually happen how do, are you like sketching this out where do you take it i mean how do you invent a grip you know what i mean
1: yeah that's that's a good question i mean the idea originally in my head was like i didn't know we were i didn't know we were gonna do a grip it was more like i came i, I knew i hated table. or i knew i wanted to improve that area i knew there was an opportunity to create something better than what existed but i didn't know exactly what it was i mean really it was like you know a couple of years of basically, you know, kicking ideas around and, you know, going off and, you know, traveling, playing hockey and kind of doing market research that way. But I partnered with my, uh, my good friend from home, Kevin Lonergan, who, um, a really smart guy and, you know, he's, he's my, he's the co-founder of butt Ends. And we came up with the idea together of like, what material should we use? Like, you know, what should we, which, how should we build, like build this core product? And we were both avid golfers and, you know, grew up together playing golf and it just seemed like let's start and let's start with the technology that golfers are using and bring it over into hockey and see what we can do. Um, so basically, that was kind of how it got. The, that's kind how we started. Was we picked the material, and then at the at the same time, we were doing material searches. We started to come up with ideas of how that first one should look,
0: mm-hmm. and then that
1: was basically just really fun of you know creating. Uh, basically, what we did was like, all right, I'm going to try to build something that I would like in my game, and um, see if we can make it work, and went from there.
0: So. Did you go to a golf manufacturer to get your prototype?
1: Yeah, we did. We we looked for golf manufacturers all over the world. We sampled different materials from different manufacturers in different places, and um, came up with the material we liked. And at the same time, like I said, we were coming up with the drawing of how it would look, you know, digitally on the computer, right? So like we just we sketched it out essentially, and then um, from there it was mold production, and you know, come up with the uh, the, the business side of things, you know, produce a, produce a, uh, you know some samples. And basically see if the material, you know, felt good when it was made and went from there. Uh, we, we got our samples and originally and all, we, basically we made one iteration. We made one change to the design. It came back a little bit goofy. Like the first one was a little goofy, but even though it looked kind of funny, uh, it worked. We were, I was able to put it on my stick and, and play with it. Um, but then we went back because basically we looked at the drawing saw what we received back from our manufacturing partner and we were like okay if it says this on the drawing and it looks like that let's change the drawing slightly to make it so that it comes back and looks a little bit better like we wanted it and so boom one iteration later we had a the Flux was the original grip uh, we had that and um, boom it was in the NHL Like within like two weeks I had Frosty from Montreal Canadiens using them and then from there we are like okay now we have an NHL player uh, we better order some of these and start selling them yeah <laughs>
0: Well, I know that initial burst of it too, it was like, oh, we got to get making these things. Like they, they caught on pretty quick that initial once, you know, press war one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like we needed to, we wanted, well, then we, then we needed it. Once we had like a player using them, like at that level, um, we needed to figure out if, you know, the market would buy it. Like if the hockey players actually wanted this product or if there was a, you know, a significant demand. Uh, so we built it and uh, we took it out into the, you know, basically right out into the field, into the youth market and, and went to, you know, a bunch of peewee tournaments in the summertime of 2014, the spring, summer sport 2014. I was coaching in Buffalo at the time, you know, so I was at the rink all the time and I would bring like a backpack full of grips and, you know, of course the team that I was coaching, I had all the guys using them and, um, you know, I would basically talk to everybody, anybody still to this day, you know, like I'll go to hockey rinks and I just talk to everybody and that's kind of how we got started. And, you know, it was just one at a time and uh it still just kind of feels that way to me like one grip at a time always looking for you know somebody to show a hockey player hey have you seen these if you try them here you got to try it um that's kind of how we did it
0: did the golf dudes kind of understand or was those first meetings kind of weird with them? like hey we want to do a golf grip on a hockey stick were they like yeah that's possible or were they like oh wait a second and kind of scratching their heads a little
1: bit um no they were they were cool i mean like they you know anything's possible that's that, that was their motto early, and like uh that was kind of our motto too where we wanted to try it at first like they didn't really understand what we were trying to do because like um it was new but uh yeah they were it's, you know it's it's we had the numbers on the screen on the computer right like we had all the dimensions that we want we're like just make let's make this this is these are the dimensions there's a simple like you know plug and play
0: yeah yeah you know what i just realized the other day when i was looking at mine that down the besides the drip that it, it's the buttons logo on the grip
1: yeah so it's the, the tiling pattern of the be logo the i texture.
0: did I, I never noticed that that's badass yeah that was like uh that was always like kind of the idea was to make the whole thing
1: encompassing with like you know be, be like part of the, the the brand and the logo and then you know i loved it you know it you know, at some point, I, I love that logo and the way that it fits on the on the on the grip. It was like you know the hockey player is going to feel that and have like an, almost like an emotional attachment. Like I know how I felt I, like with my hockey sticks and with the, you know the, the feel that you get in your fingertips when you you know with, when you're feeling the puck and you know, when you're handling, when you're shooting. And like I wanted to attach like buttons to that feeling that you get. You know, so that's kind of the whole idea behind like you know building the texture and everything. Kind of has been designed that way.
0: It's brilliant, man. The brand, dude. Push the brand. That's, I mean, the yeah. more it's on, you know, more the more it's on there, the more it sticks. That's, it's absolutely brilliant. Well, thanks. And it looks good, dude. The, the that's one of my favorite things too about the when you get it in the mail, dude. You have got the beautiful little cylinder. It looks smooth. It's got the gold logo on there. It, it just, it's nice. You know what I mean? It's just real nice.
1: Yeah, and, and we want that experience. You know, I, I, again, I was like a super gear nerd as a kid, and like I loved you know, hockey equipment and, and all the, you know, anytime anything new came out, like I had to see it, I had to try it. So, uh, you know, I know how important like the feel of the hockey stick is to a hockey player. Like I I know it's, it's, it's paramount, you know, to every kid. So everything kind of matters, you know, like the visual that you get when you first, when the package, when you see it in the package, the way it feels, the way it smells, the way it goes on, like the way, you know, the way it hardens to the stick and then it becomes like almost part of the stick. Yeah, Uh, All that stuff is kind of like, for me, really important you know, aspect of the product. So
0: I'm glad that we're, you know, that's the kind of experience that you and other players have with it. Well, that was, that was funny too. You know, my nephew and my brother had said like, it was kind of almost even fun taking it from the old stick to the new stick. Like the, the, the ritual of doing it, it's, it, you know, the spray, you stick it on, it hardens, it's, it's kind it's its own, but ends is its own thing, man. It is, it's really cool that you guys have been able to create that.
1: Yeah. Like it used to be like a lot of the, you know, in the beginning when we would, We would go to the places, you know, a lot of the objections I would get would be, like, you know, uh, a dad would be, like, oh, like, I'm old school. Like, I like to tape my stick. Like, that's my ritual. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first of all, I would always be, like, I would always argue because, man, listen, like, I get it. Some people like to tape their blade. Nobody likes taping knobs. Nobody. Nobody ever retaping their knobs. Even at the NHL level, you see, nobody has time for that. You know, when I played pro hockey, we got free sticks. Whenever a stick would break, you didn't care about the stick breaking. All you cared about was like, oh, man. I, I have to redo me. my oh, knob. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. But anyway, that was like, that was, that's how I overcame that objection. But, you know, it's funny. Now, like, we've been in the business for a few years, and, you know, and we've had so many players using our stuff that, you know, some players, that's their ritual. Like, you know, putting on the grip and, uh, you know, like you said, it's, uh, changing them out, you know. That's the ritual now. So that's super cool, and uh, I feel super lucky as a hockey gear nerd that that's, uh, that's
0: actually a thing. Oh, dude, we're, we're two games into the NHL season now, and you can look down at Domi's stick, and he looks better than everybody on there. And that's a thing, too. You know, being a gear guy yourself, I, I was the same way playing football. There's something about looking better than other guys, you know, as you're playing – there was for me, dude, like I there, I wore wristbands a certain way. I I'd, I'd, I'd like to have like the nice cleats, you know, the cool face mask. There was something to looking good and then being good as well.
1: Yeah, just, you know, having the mental, just feeling mentally like you have a little edge. Like if you have the better grip, if you have like the newer stick, like the, I remember, man, yeah, believe me, I remember when I was a kid, I didn't get the top end skates and I didn't get the top end sticks. Uh-huh. I, you know, I just that's how I was raised, and I felt it in the locker room. You know, I felt like I was at like a disadvantage. That guy's got the dopest stick, and I'm like, I got this like mid level twig. You know? Yeah, like,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, as you're a kid too, when you first catch on to sports, you're looking at guys, you're like, oh, that guy looks cool. That's a real thing.
1: Yeah, for sure, absolutely, and, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good.
0: Hey, Mark Wahlberg, baby, look good, feel good. <laughs> now, uh, were you the first dude to play with a butt end then?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I I actually, I actually never, unfortunately, I never got the chance to, well, I guess I should say. Or I should them. say to,
0: to, to, to use one, I should say.
1: I mean, yeah, I used it. So I tried the, I tried it out before, you know, before we approached anybody just to see if like it was a good product and I liked it. So yeah, technically I used it, but it would be like, you know, I went out on open ice, like at the body zone in Redding, Pennsylvania. Clappers <laughs> uh, and like you know, I knew it was dope. But as far as using it in a game, no, I've never actually played in an official game. I played in a couple pickup games and like I played in a thirty over men's league game. That was pretty fun. I uh, so I've had some cool experiences playing with it, but never like in a pro game or you know in any sort of a real uh, competition. Uh, so for me, I'm living vicariously through all the hockey players you know that I've got to watch. And quite honestly, it's been like the most uh, amazing experience for for me as a hockey player. Uh, to be able to have this like almost like second career after my hockey career where I get to like go to a game and watch players using butt ends and really feel like I'm part of the game. And like, you know, even just last night watching NHL hockey and like seeing guys at the NHL level use butt ends is like pretty insane. I, I, I really, I'm really very grateful, but I never got to use it in a game. So I have to basically live through all of the players now that that get to use it.
0: It's time to come out of retirement, man.
1: Ah, Well, that's interesting. So, you, you know, earlier we were talking about Puerto Rico. Um, so I came down here, you know, for obviously for, you know, just, I'm looking for a place to live, uh, and also I'm surfing and all this stuff. But as when we came down here, first thing I do whenever I travel anywhere is I look for hockey. Oh yeah. You know? So, you know, you said before, like, you know, I've gotten I'm really fortunate in my life, especially the last few years to be able to travel the world. And uh, a lot of that is revolves around the business and around hockey. Of course. So you know, like last year we were in Morocco and I got to skate for a week with the players in, in Morocco. And was an amazing experience. I've been on the ice skating with guys in Istanbul and Japan and all these places for hockey. So when we decided to come down here, um, the first thing I did was look for hockey in Puerto Rico. And sure enough, we moved into a city called Aguadilla. And we moved here because it's really close to the best surf breaks in Puerto Rico. And there's, a, <laughs> there's an ice rink in the city of Aguadilla. No shit. And it was destroyed. Yeah, it was destroyed during Hurricane Sandy. But Damn. it's on the rebound right now. And they're doing a renovation project. And I got really fortunate. I reached out to the director of the Puerto Rican national hockey program. This guy Philip Painter, who is an absolute beauty. You should get him on the show. He's awesome. What's his name? Philip Painter. Okay, thank you. Oh, I'm telling you, man, this guy is awesome. So, like, I, I reached out to him, and we started chatting, and he invited me to the rink. And so, like, basically, uh, I'm down here, really excited to report the The Aguadilla ice skating rink is is uh, the funding is underway and the project is underway and they're re- they're renovating they're doing the solar panels the ice they're hope they're shooting for hopefully for 2021. Obviously, COVID kind of threw a monkey wrench in everybody's plans. Yeah, but if this place gets opened up down here again, I'm um, I'm moving I'm really down excited there. Excited to be, you know skating down here and then there's a. Like, uh, yeah, oh yeah, come down, man. It's got it would be awesome. Surf in the morning, skate in the afternoon or whatever. We're thinking maybe do a hockey camp down here, but Painter wants me to come out of retirement and play for the Puerto Rican national team, uh, travel Latin America, so you yeah. never know.
0: You're going to. That's absolutely what you are going to do. I I'm I'm signing yeah. you on. <laughs> I'm like I'm so So fun. I'm gonna call Painter myself, say I'm your agent and you're in. Yeah
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll love him. Painter's got he's got he's a great guy and uh, I'm really you know grateful to get to know a guy like him. He's got a lot of great sources. He writes for, uh, he's got some stuff on NHL.com. I believe his jersey is in the Hockey Hall of Fame for his Latin American hockey experience. I mean, he's really driving uh, hockey in Latin America. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's been cool to get to know him. He's been down in Puerto Rico for like 40 years. But, uh, you know, he grew up, went to school out in the Northeast and and, and grew up in uh, Canada and the whole nine. But, uh, yeah, he's a great guy down here. And uh, he's really opened my eyes to a whole, you know, hockey world that I didn't know existed um you know showing me videos and pics from you know hockey in colombia and argentina what cuba and all these places yeah so that's um, wild hockey hockey, puerto rico is a thing and i'm pretty excited about it somebody asked me the other day uh where if you could play one one place in the world where would you play And honestly right now it's like i'm really excited about lacing them up right here in aguadilla after a surf session
0: but i can already see it dude you're gonna wear the c for the puerto rican national team it's gonna be awesome yeah
1: that's the that's the goal
0: Dude, you're in phenomenal shape. You could absolutely do it.
1: Yeah, that's the. I mean, yeah, for sure. Man. That makes. I appreciate. it. I'm looking. Honestly, so uh, I'm 38 years old, but like, I watch guys that are like, you know, my age and older that are still in the National League. Shout out to Chara. Shout out to Marlowe. Shout out to Thornton. Who
0: Thornton was, like, scored last night, buddy.
1: Yeah, no, Thornton. I was actually watching him. feet speeder fast. So I'm like, man, this guy still got it. I'm like, I wonder if I still have it. Like, I wonder if I could just like, you know, I don't know. I got. There's a lot of things. Though. I don't know if it's. uh uh, if I'm ready for that level. But.
0: <laughs> I think I think being around them young boys in Toronto is absolutely like pumping new vigor into Thor. Not that he ever lost it, but he's he looks great so far.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, what a great spot for him, especially because he's an Ontario boy. I'm pretty sure, right? He's an Ontario guy. I think so. Uh, but yeah, for him to be in Toronto with that young that young team, I mean, I'm sure that's like being around, Like that's one thing I've gotten really lucky with with butt ends, and like the last two, it's been magical since we started this this business. Um, for me, but the opportunity to be around all these young athletes is just like, it's just infectious to be around youth. So yeah, oh. I think you're right. I think with Thornton, it's great. And you know, for anybody really, they like they can be around young people and uh, spend time with them. You know, they, they wear off <laughs> their youth. Like, where's, where's Oh,
0: for sure, man. For sure. I, I'm always very, careful when i click your stories on instagram because being a father of four like they open up a part of your heart and brain that you didn't know was real so when i see a little kid at his birthday party talking about butt ends i'm like
1: oh god i start
0: tearing up a little bit yeah nice that's what
1: we're trying to get that's the emotion we're trying to
0: trigger (laughs) it's working dude i'm like oh my wife's like what are you doing i'm like just watching butt ends and stories (laughs) just now (laughs) just crying (laughs) <laughs> uh i wanted to you know ask you about your time in cleveland because i was remiss last time we spoke um I, I i didn't even realize that you played junior in my state man what was that experience like for you oh wow
1: yeah back in the day uh, way back was, in
0: the nh in the nhl man
1: Yeah, the, NAL, the i don't we didn't call it the null. they could call, everybody calls it the null now but who's it, was, it was a, uh yeah, back in the North American Hockey League, two thousand and one, two thousand and two season, I was drafted by Springfield, and it was kind of a crazy situation there. It was my first year of junior year. I got uh, halfway through the year, maybe not even. I got traded to Cleveland, uh, and that was great for me. I ended up playing with like uh, a great team, for the Cleveland Barons, and uh, played with a lot of good players. Peter Harold was my team partner. He like he was such a good player. He like really helped me become a good defenseman and eventually get a scholarship from that team.
0: So, how uh, old it, were you when you got traded?
1: How old was I? Yeah uh i would have been like 19 at that point
0: what's that like as a 19 year old Be like, oh i'm not on this team anymore like that seems early to be getting wheeled and dealed
1: oh yeah it was actually kind of a crazy time so like here i'll back it up so like i went to junior a camp out of high school i i I was a senior i graduated from my senior year i started to become pretty good i had an offer to play division three hockey i really wanted to play d1 so I went to, like, four or five training camps over the summer. One of them was Texas Tornadoes down in Texas, which yes. in Dallas, for camp. And at that camp, I had a really good camp. I thought I'd make the team, but I didn't. I didn't make any of the teams, but I had a Junior B offer. And uh, this guy, this coach, Richie Salzman, who, like, changed the course of my life, was like, I want you to come play Junior B for me. And I was like, ah, Junior B? Like, I don't want to play Junior B, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, like, at the end of the summer, I didn't have any other options. It was either Junior B or, or Geneseo, Division Three. And, like, at the 11th hour, I decided instead of going to Geneseo, I was, like, I'm going to play junior. So I went to junior, and the whole plan was, like, which junior B team, the Blackhawks, were, like, the uh, feeder team for this tornado team. They had this relationship. That's why he was at the camp scouting. And the whole thing was, like, the Texas likes you, but they want you to develop for your junior B, and then they're going to basically, uh, you know, sign you for the following season in Texas, which is where I wanted to be. It was, like, the sickest place. Like, yeah, they had the dopest rank, They had the, the great team, all the money. Everybody wanted to play there. I was all excited. They even flew me down during the season, I flew down uh, from Boston and practiced with the team. And then the whole plan was that they thought I was buried in Boston and nobody knew about me. And I had a really good year playing junior B. I got drafted first overall by the Springfield Junior Blues in 2001, under like right under the umbrella, right under the nose of the of the tornado. So they lost me. And so I went to Springfield. Are you, so, Say what? Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, so I went to Springfield and basically, and you know, as a team, I didn't know, I didn't know anybody there, and I, I didn't have a great start to the year, and basically, things didn't go very well. And uh, I was playing on, I was playing on this team, and it basically it was a, just a nightmare. Uh, and I decided, <laughs> I'm like, listen, I can get out of here. So I, I asked for a trade.
0: Oh, okay. So I, I do know that you asked for a trade. So that is the trade you were talking about.
1: Yeah. So that's the trade. So I went into the owner or the manager, the general manager, which is the Crawford brothers at this time. That was like Peter Crawford and Bob Crawford and, you know, the brothers of Mark Crawford of the NHL, that guy.
0: Because didn't they tell you to kick rocks? Yeah. They told me, they told, they basically were like, we're not trading you.
1: And you, you, you know, they call we had this big conference call. They're like, no, we're not trading you. And if you, you know, if you don't shape it up, we're going to basically, uh, we're going to bury you. You're not going to get a scholarship. Da, 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 da. Like, they're like, you know, and then I was like all scared as a kid, and I'm like, oh man. So I decided to stay, and then it just went even even further south. I just like I remember the next couple of days were brutal. I had bad games. I I, didn't, I wasn't happy, so I basically just packed up my stuff and then uh, got dealt. But it was a, it was a tough time, you know, for a 19 year old. I'm basically yeah. being told, Look, you know, you're, you're we're going to bury you if you don't just uh, you know you know shut up. But uh, luckily, for some reason, I just decided, like, you know what? This is the move I need to make. I need to, I need to get out of here. So I, I demanded it, and they basically traded me to Cleveland. And I never heard from them again. I hit the road. <laughs> I went to Cleveland. And right away, I was embraced there. The team was really well run. Uh, you know, the Global family is a great family there. They're involved with the program. And we ended up seeing them later down the road at, at Merrimack. But, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Got to Cleveland. Uh, it was a pretty fun time. living in, I lived in Berea in these, like, okay. Oh, man, it was like pretty much like right in the ghetto, uh, you know, like four of us living in this like, like this shack in, in Berea, Ohio, but it was a lot of fun. And my, my business partner, Kevin, your business partner, the, the co-founder of Bud he was going to school at John Carroll at the time.
0: Oh, damn. Is end. he a genius?
1: Yeah, he's a smart dude. Yeah. John
0: Carroll's no joke, yeah.
1: dude. Yeah, this is, we're talking Bud co-founder here. Like he's one of my best friends. So like, Holy it was great. Shit. I was playing junior hockey. day, And then I would like buzz up to John Carroll and hang out with him and live the college life, even though I wasn't taking classes. So uh, I got to, I got to have that experience and, you know, play some great hockey for the Baron, and, uh, you know, played with a, played on a really sick team there. And, you know, a lot of guys from that team ended up going division one, Brandon Kelmicki to Michigan, uh, obviously Harold, we had Sean Collins who played in the NHL for, uh, played, you know, played for Ohio state. That team was, that team was stacked. So it was a great experience for me. And I ended up getting a scholarship to Merrimack out of that team man i
0: john carroll i'm i'm shocked by that that's a great school
1: yeah kev's a smart dude
0: so you're uh, sh- shooting up 90 going to party at john carroll man
1: yeah so that was, yeah that was that was such a, that was so fun like i can imagine it was my second year off of so i so i took two years off my first year was in boston then i took another year off so you know all my friends are in college for years now and like i'm basically just a hockey player and then going up to school and like hanging out at college it's pretty pretty cool experience
0: where was the rink at for that team? Oh, man. If you remember. I know it's been a long time.
1: Lake Front Lines? Do you know where the Lake Front Lines, uh, you know where they're based at? I can't remember the name of the town or the rink was. I just remember I lived in Berea, and where was the
0: rink? Was it in Manor? Manor?
1: Mm, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it was – I don't know if the team is still owned by Lake Front Lines. Or, or
0: Strongsville, maybe? Up.
1: Yeah, I'm not – the barn in Cleveland was terrible, though. There was like <laughs> – it was like not really like a junior, a normal junior hockey place. Like there was like no seats for fans. It was kind of a kind of ratchet, but it was an awesome team and a great experience. I,
0: I believe it, man. I believe it. Uh, the the drip on the grip. The, I'm if I was a bet man, I'd say that has to be your brainchild.
1: Everything. I mean, all the whole the grip is uh, was basically. You know, that's we 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 thought about every detail. Um, you know, and the whole idea for the drip was basically, you know, it's like, well, I mean, you know, it's like you have a logo, it's like Nike has a swoosh, uh, you know, everybody has a mark that they want to be recognized for. And so we thought the drip would be cool. And and it was, it kind of ties into like, at the time we were thought we were thinking about, you know, hockey, you give blood, play hockey, bleed. And, you know, it's kind of like blood drip. So that's kind of what the drip was, was originally, and it was a way for people to, you know, see the product and recognize the brand right away. You know, that was like, I guess, the original idea. It worked. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. And then it was like, then all of a sudden, like, drip, like, became like, like the buzzword of like, 19 yeah. 2019.
0: <laughs> you guys got it's ahead like, of it, man. Wait,
1: we trademarked
0: that, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you had the drip trademarked? Absolutely. Oh, man. That's, you know, that, that had to work out pretty. I mean, that had to bring some attention, just people looking at the hashtag drip all the time.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for sure. And then nowadays it's great because, you know, now if someone sees it, now they always know, you know, it's butt ends. And people always tag us and, you know, people people will message me if they see it. You know, check it out, you know. And that's how they know it's butt ends from the drip.
0: Is there a grip that's – what's the longest one that's not the goalie one?
1: Uh, The longest grip – well, the longest grip is our lacrosse grip, Paradox. Okay. And as far as hockey grip goes, the future is the longest, I would say. Yeah, future. Future flux
0: and eighty eight are the same length, like seven inches long ish. All right, all right. I, that's I, I need to order me a future. Then I need I need a little bit longer one. I because you know I'll send you one after the podcast. Oh, you're the man because you know, like you said, every hockey player has their different thing. I like a longer tape job, so a longer a longer butt ends, dude. I'm I'm gonna be a pig and shit, dude. That's gonna be awesome.
1: We got uh, a lot of requests for a longer butt-ends grip, so definitely stay tuned for the future for, you know, when we uh, we are going to be doing some new product development this year. A, a longer grip is definitely in our 30-60-90. Uh,
0: <laughs> now, I don't think you had goalie grips out last time we spoke. How has that whole experience been, and how what's the word back from the goalies? I know you, the aforementioned Peter Morazic, which is a awesome goalie to have on, you know, on, on staff there, but how has that been going for you guys?
1: Uh, the goalie grip, the century, was uh, is, has been a home run for us, and it's one of our most popular grips. And, you know, goalies are, you know, obviously a different breed. And, yeah. uh, you know, as a defenseman, I always, like, had a great relationship with my goalies. But obviously everyone knows the goalie is, like, the most – probably the most uh, um, attention tail of the locker room of all the players, mm-hmm. maybe. But, like, you know. Uh, we've definitely had a, a, a huge uh, support from, from goalies worldwide. They love that product. And uh, we're working on some new stuff for goalies right now. We started, a, uh, we started working on a bottom-handle paddle grip, and we had a cool product that came out, but we, we decided to, to kind of like, take a step back from it and reinvent it a little bit because we didn't, we didn't like the durability that we had, but uh, we had some great reviews on that product. So you can imagine for goalies, they hold their stick down by the paddle. Um, so we're working on something for that right now. So, um, it would be like was, a we mid... We had one that was cool. I'm so sorry.
0: Sorry. It, no, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So, it would be like almost a mid-grip kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So, basically, you know, the goalie holds their paddle during the game, you know, right down where the paddle kind of splays out. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of goalies are taping that part, you know, to get better grip. So, like, we're basically we're making something for, for that oh, for goalies wow. right now. Yeah, that, and that's exciting, and it's, it's obviously really cool to, you know, come up with something new in that space. We had, Like I said, we had something that we toyed around with last summer, um, but uh, we put a pause on it because we had a few out in the market, and we didn't love the, the durability, so we wanted to make it sure that it's, like, you know, tip-top before we start selling it.
0: Dude, that's exciting, man. I, dude, I love talking to you, man. I get jazzed up, man. I, I really dig your enthusiasm, man. That's that's really cool that you guys are still innovating and thinking about the game and just keep pushing it dude i really really love that
1: well thanks i appreciate it i, I feel the same way about you I, I feel like uh you know just jumping back on here uh i remember how good the energy was from your show it's a testament to what you do and uh, i really appreciate you having me on here and giving a giving us this platform to talk about what we do and um, i'm grateful for the opportunity
0: absolutely man i just got a few more for you if you don't mind yeah sure man um <laughs> the the picture of the cup with the butt end is that scotty bowman
1: yeah, that's Scotty Bowman. He was uh, in Buffalo for his, he lives in Buffalo. And we had the opportunity through friends of ours to do him, to go and uh, see him when he had the cup that one time. And so at like being from Buffalo, my partner, Kevin and I were living there and we just buzzed over and he was super cool. And uh, yeah, it was a real honor to get to meet, meet Scotty Bowman. And he had the cup there that day. and uh, It was really cool. Had
0: you ever seen the cup before?
1: Yeah, I've seen the cup on multiple occasions. You know, never, never really. Uh, you know, um, you, you see that you see it always wandering around uh, the one guy's, uh, you know, that has the gloves and it's all the commercials. Like I always see that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a couple different other opportunities with the cup, but uh, that one was was one I won't forget for sure. Obviously, to be there with somebody like a legend like Scotty Bowman and is it is uh, it in my hometown?
0: Is it weird? Like being around it?
1: The cup. Yeah. Uh. Not really. I just uh, you know, it's like for me, uh, you know, I have uh, a lot of respect for it, and I start to think about like all the different players that have you know come for me. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I didn't touch it though. No you know, hell no, right? I didn't, it, so I didn't touch it. But
0: I that's the thing too with me. i like if I it was in Ohio a couple years ago, and I had left, and we were driving to go see it, and. I don't know what happened, but we were too late, and it had already left the place it was at. And I was absolutely heartbroken, man. And because I missed it at the it was at the All Star game when Columbus held that. I think it was like 2011 or something like that, maybe 12. So it just keeps eluding me. But I'm like, man, I know I'm not supposed to touch it, but I also know that I'm never going to touch it. But then you're again, you're like, I don't. There's that thing where like I don't deserve to have my skin on that thing, you know. There's it's it's the coolest trophy in the world.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah. As a, as a kid, you know, it's, it's something that you see and you always, you know, for me, I always that's something I always wanted to do, win the cup. Um, but uh, yeah, now it's just something I can just pay respect to, and uh, it's cool to see it when you see it. And uh, you know, I know there's a, I know there's a lot of meaning, you know, with players and people for it, so it's, it's pretty cool. As
0: as my kids call it the trophy, and I, I love that you're raising them right. <laughs> That's right, buddy. That's right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll ask you this question because my daughter's got her butt ends on there now. Uh, do you guys have anybody in the NWHL? Have you gotten into women's hockey at all?
1: Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, women's players that, uh, that use our product and love it. Uh, we've got a lot of support from – certain programs that have been great like Penn State Women's Hockey. The, their program has been a big supporter of our, of our company. And, uh, like, uh, one of our top ambassadors is Kelsey Newman. Shout out Lil Numi. Uh, she's a goalie for Buffalo Buttes. And, um, Buttes, baby. Been, but yeah, and, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of, uh, lot of support from the women's hockey programs. And, um, yeah, it's been great. I had a chance to see some of, the, some, women, uh, some of the women players, you know, use the product at the highest level up into the Olympics. And, uh, yeah, it's been great. And uh, we hope to, obviously, you know, expand more and, and get more players on board.
0: Hell yeah, man! That's one thing too. A lot of people will say they love hockey and love watching hockey, man. The proof's in the pudding with you, man. Especially when you were able to travel and see it because you were at a lot of hockey, man.
1: Yeah, it's. it's I mean, I'm a hockey. I'm a hockey player and like you know a, a rink rat and I feel comfortable in the rink. So it's always great for me to, I love to go and and um, you know again just having the having having like um, this experience to to go to the rink with a purpose of, you know, trying to grow the company and, and, you know, really, I really believe in it and I really believe in the product. And I know, you know, it's, it's, I've had so many players, uh, you know, come up to me and tell me how much that they enjoy the product and that they appreciate what I do, that it just keeps fueling itself. Like I just love it. I love the experience. And, um, you know, to get to go see, you know, championship games at like some of these giant tournaments in Chicago, at like, these great, you know, events. And I get to be there on Sunday watching four, five, six, you know, half the team using buttons, uh, playing in a championship game. It's electric in the building. I'm like having these experiences for years now, like over and over. And I just I'm like, it's it's amazing. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and, and experience as as a, as a kid growing up, I, I never could have dreamed that my life would turn out to be like this.
0: Now I know you're a very thoughtful guy and a caring guy. Are you able to enjoy these things? Like as you're sitting at a tournament, you see half a team, you know, with your grip on their stick and watching these kids play. You know, are you able to to drink that all in?
1: Uh, yeah, I try, I try to, and uh, I try to make the most of it, and I try to, you know, um, you know, be present for these things. And uh, yeah, like uh, I've seen so many great experiences. I've seen. You know, so many young players that are, you know, on their on their chasing their dream and, and you know going after what they want. You know, they want to win the Stanley Cup. They want to play in the NHL. Like you know, that's how I was. And yeah. Here they are. You know, traveling with their parents like I used to to go to tournaments. And they're using buttons on their sticks or, you know, even even players that aren't like even just being just being around hockey and, you know, I always look at it like, you know, if a player's using buttons, obviously that's awesome and it's like super cool. But if a player's not using buttons, like I give them the same I try to give them the same attention and the same respect. And I think to myself, like, you know, here's a player that well, I want one day to be using it even if they're not now. So it's like every hockey player, uh, you know, having all these experiences with all these hockey players is, is, is awesome. Yeah. And I, I do, you know, I, I guess like I got lucky, like early on I realized that, you know every year you just never know when it will end i was i yeah. never know when will be the last time i get to go to a, a hockey rake and be at a tournament so i was you know kind of very present for you know every time i go and then you know this year has been kind of a test because this is you know mm-hmm. everything is taken away you know like it was uh, yeah. you, you said like you never know when you're going to be able to get back and watch a championship game and uh things change so um yeah i have been i have been uh you know in the moment and, and really trying to savor the, the experience as, as it happens and not and try to, you know, and, and be grateful for it.
0: Well, you know, being grateful and being present are things that I don't think inherently come easy to human beings. And that's one thing that i found with myself, even doing the show is, you know, I've, I, I work my ass off. I book these people and, and I, I think sometimes I'm forgetting to tell myself like, holy shit, you're, interviewing Darren McCarty like enjoy it like you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I'm 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 a part of the the gig like I am you know I am one of the people interviewing hockey players like it's the people know what the biscuit is it's but so that's one thing I keep trying to tell myself too is like you know you have to slow down you have to enjoy this enjoy the process don't get upset about missed bookings or time starting and things that you can't control and worry about the things you can control and really truly enjoy it. And I think that's something that, you know, definitely sunk into people's brains this past year, you know, with it really pointing out what truly matters to people and what is going to matter hopefully when all of this ends. And it it was something I, you know, you know, being a business owner, you know, what how did this year affect you guys at Butt Ends? Because I know a lot of it was, you know, boots on the ground being at tournaments and having the ability to do these pop-up shops and get these grips into people's hands. How have you guys been able to adapt and deal with this past year that everybody's had to change a lot of things about their life?
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, A big challenge for us and a a huge, you know, everything changed, obviously, in March. We were, you know, doing our thing. Last year was awesome. You know, the fall was great. The tournament schedule, the grind, you started to hear you know, we did you know, last year was great. Christmas time, you know, the, the coronavirus when he came in and then like COVID, the whole thing, like, uh, it happened at a, at a, at an interesting time, but you know, from a company standpoint, it probably, you know, it was, it was a, probably a good time for us comparatively. Like if it had happened, you know, in year one or two, we probably would have been, probably would have killed us because, yeah. you know, we wouldn't, we didn't have the infrastructure from like a social media standpoint. We didn't know how to reach our customers. Like, it would have been way different, but, um, yeah, with this year, obviously, with the spending flattened, we've had to, like, you know, get creative with how we promote and what we're doing um, and come up with new, you know, interesting ways of, like, you know, in talking about our, you know, our company and what, what it is that we do and try to find new, new customers. Uh, but, you know, having our company online and having everything kind of set up, you know, through the Internet already was, was definitely um, uh, was huge for us. You know, uh, like I said, a couple years earlier would have probably, you know, put us on our back. But uh, yeah, it's been a challenge for sure. Like we were supposed to do hockey camp over the summer. Um, We were supposed to do you know all of our shows got canceled. All of our in-person events got canceled. And like you said, like that's how we grew our company was boots on the ground, you know, face-to-face interactions. And again, like you know, showing players the product, you know, and having them touch it and say, "Oh, here's what it the hockey player. Here's what it feels like Mm -hmm. in person." Mm -hmm. That was like the selling point. Um, So, yeah, we've had to be, you know, work, you know, a lot harder on our online game and our online presence. And, uh, you know, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for us and new doors and new relationships. And um, we're trying the best to do what we can do to, you know, weather the storm, if you will, and maintain and, and, you know, come out stronger for when, you know, things start to reopen. And, you know, obviously where we are now, there's a vaccine out there. The NHL is back playing, um, you know, some places are opening up, some places are not as much, but the world is changing, and you know, hopefully, we're going to be just you know keep doing what we're doing and uh, be ready to like I'm ready to go as soon as you know as soon as they tell me that we're you know the doors are open. And oh, I know that. I know that. Oh, you know, you know? Uh, I've already got a buddy that's reaching out to me about an event in April and the possibility for coaching, and you know, there's some opportunities to maybe do some workout on the ODRs and. You know, there's a lot of different things we can do, and um, you know, I'm grateful again for you know being able to you know work remotely and and basically you know i my my work maybe doubled when when COVID hit because I had you know I didn't I didn't have the chance to go travel to go places I had to do everything online so yeah uh, well, it's you- just like everybody else you know just adjusting as best as we can and, and doing the best that we can to excel in the current climate.
0: Well, you matched you matched that intensity, man, for sure because. You kept your ear to the ground you, you, your social media is very prudent and and it's with the times man i think you've been able to get your ear to the ground and and hear and listen and see what the the youth of hockey is into because there's times i watch them like i don't even know what the fuck that song is and like, like rob's just getting it man the, oh nice All right. and, and cool yeah yeah
1: and, that's a, that's that's interesting i mean like you know being being on the as in, as like what I'm doing, I'm always looking for ways to get new eyeballs on the, on the company and on the idea, on the concept. But I've never heard of it before. So, you know, by doing all those exploratory things, you, you find new ways to create uh, videos and ways for people to find you. And then that leads to just, you know, builds on itself. So that's cool that you say that.
0: And doing it, man. You do it. That's the thing, too. People want to talk and say whatever, but you're doing it. You're putting the videos out. You're making the videos. You're out there on the ice. You're making it happen now uh what was uh what was barber like
1: oh barber's the man i love that guy Uh, is
0: he is he as good as he appears to be
1: yeah he's the hardest worker in the game man there's a reason why he's the number one influencer if you will or whatever i don't know what you call him uh hockey savage (laughs) he's awesome
0: did he ever Uh, play like high level or is he just like a just a freak on the ice but never played like in the coast or anything
1: no, he played at a high level. Like he played, you know, coming up, AAA. He's a Canadian boy, and uh, I think, and Triple uh, I'm not sure exactly his whole his whole career, but I've got to know him through, like, just like with everything, with you know, with buttons and social media. I got to know him when I got, you know, started making you know hockey content way back in the day, and uh, yeah, I, I've met Pav. Like I met Pav like right in the very beginning, and we slowly developed uh, a friendship, and, and and now we've you know. I've got to the opportunity to go up and do videos with him and skate with him multiple times, and and let me tell you, like he is so good, and like the stuff that he does, he's freaky. It's freaky. Yeah, you think he's out there doing it like thirty times to get it right? No,
0: no. He (laughs) he doesn't. He's
1: on every time. (laughs) Zoro he does it right, and like I love being on the ice with him because he thinks you know creatively about content and videos and like how to put things together, and he's always open for ideas. Uh, you know he's a great guy. He's a he's a, he's a man of his word. Uh, he's been a big supporter of butt ends for the last few years, and I'm really grateful for him. And like the thing that he brings to the game, and like I say, like I watch. You know, I'm a fan of his channel. Like he's always the first one with clips. He's got coaching tips. I mean, he does this, all this work himself. Like all that stuff you see, it's, there's a reason why he's number one. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a huge barber, man. and uh, yeah, he's awesome, man. Like, but, but he, it's fun getting on the ice with him because like I have some ideas, and I'll run it by him, and he's he's always ready to film, and he brings a, his a game. And, Like I'm like, hey, Pat, uh, into the net. I'm gonna fire a waist high pass out your backhand. I want you to knock it out of the air, kick it to your blade, and then snipe top corner. And like, boom, one take, fire the wrist shot. He knocks it out of the air, boom, right. I'm like, what? (laughs) He
0: was a part of some of of those uh, defenseman tutorials you did, right? Where you're like, hey, defenseman, this is how you do this. He was a part of a few of those, right?
1: Yeah, he was a, some of the you know we had a few had a few little little ideas that we had. and I went up to Toronto on the ODR and uh, I was like, hey man, like, there's like this play where you can like as a defenseman you can pass it off the if you come around the net you can pass the puck off of the uh, to get the on red the
0: line to get it up the rush right. Yeah, and then instead of rimming it, if you pass it directly off the line from behind the
1: net, it creates an angle where the puck will bounce out right to the winger's forehand as opposed to, like, you know, being in his feet. So all you have to do is a defenseman is, like, aim the puck at that, that red line. And I'm like, Pav, I got this video idea. He's like, oh, this is great. Let's shoot it. And so Pav and I shot those, and, like, you know, having him be a part of those videos were huge, and, like, it was fun.
0: So is he a big butt-end guy, then? He he likes the product?
1: Oh, yeah. He's been a supporter for for many years now, and, um, yeah, he's been using them, and, uh yeah, again, it's always. I'm always grateful to see him, and you know his videos go. He gets millions of views on his videos, and he's rocking a buttons future. And, oh, that's uh, awesome, dude! Oh yeah, he's a great, he's great man. That's an awesome dude.
0: Now, when you were, you you did a few games in Syracuse with the Crunch, right?
1: Yep. Uh, had, a, had a cup of coffee with the crunch
0: as they say well, there's two or three games but what monsters were in the room at that time you know being presented uh, by uh, hockey
1: was on the team i
0: was gonna say i know morassi secito and scroy and harvey all spent time up there but w- w- was I played with
1: harvey harvey was my boy i played with harvey in, in and Reading and he's a he's a mutant oh ken and, uh, man, and uh, harvey's the
0: shit man he is so awesome oh
1: yeah dude. harvey's the man um I played so nasty, was on our team, so that was kind of fascinating to see, just look in the locker room and see that beast. Um, who else in, in, in uh, Syracuse that year? I, I remember, I, I forget who it was, but like the coach was like, go out and fight that guy. I can't remember the guy's name, though. It was like the captain. And I, I'm like, all right, like.
0: The I'm captain of Syracuse?
1: no i was the like, captain oh, i can't forget what we were playing and anyways i went up to fight the guy and he wouldn't fight me and then i ended up like i tried to cross-check him to get him to go and the ref gave me a cross-checking penalty and i was just like bro. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, right and then i got called up to trauma right away after that but the, the uh the syracuse experience i always wonder like if that guy had fought me i wonder if things would have went differently but
0: oh for um, sure yeah, that's the
1: big, the big thing there was morality, i
0: think well that that was a big thing too like uh I mean, you get up to that shot, and then guys don't want to give you the opportunity, but someone gave it to them. It's like, come on, man! Like, you know, I'm here for like you say a cup of coffee. Drop them with me, come on, man! Let give give the kid a shot.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It was, it, I know exactly. I went out there and I was like, man, let's go. And he's like laughing at me, like, bro, like, you're a call up. I'm not fighting you. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I I didn't get a chance to go. Him. And so you know that was like my opportunity to to, to like show the coach that. I was willing, but uh, it just didn't happen that with that with that instance. But so, uh, it was a fun weekend. Oh, you know, it was like town kind of family was all there, and I uh, thought I played all right, so it was pretty fun
0: time. So, did you get to talk to Marassi at all? Or did
1: yeah, I talked to him briefly. You know, like just uh,
0: hey, what's up? Uh, I, I, I,
1: I think I played against him too. You know, because I was on a couple different American. I was gonna
0: teams say I, I'm pretty sure you played against him as well.
1: Yeah, I never fought him or anything. Um, but thank God. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank
1: God, dude. Yeah, that guy had like a hammerhead. Like I just watched him take punches and just like knock people down.
0: Every guy that fought him says his head
1: is different. Yeah, it is. He was he was a beast. He was something else.
0: That squad. I mean, as far as like you know, crazy tough squads and anything. Were you ever a part of a line brawl? Being in in any of the leagues.
1: Um, uh, well, I guess like the biggest one would have probably been the, it's online too. And I get, I get like, uh, it was kind of an impactful, moment. it was like in Reading against Elmira at the end of the game, they're, they're turning, it turned into like a giant brawl. And I had, and, uh, I got tied up with Bruce Watson, who I fought, I oh, fought already previously. Oh God, dude. It was out there with, like Chaz Johnson and like, and we were, we won like 7-1 and it, I, it spilled into a brawl and...
0: You I fought Chaz Johnson too?
1: I fought Chaz. Too, yeah.
0: You fought Chaz and Bruce.
1: I fought Bruce twice. I fought Chaz at least once or twice.
0: Holy and, shit,
1: dude. Uh, yeah, I know. What was I thinking?
0: <laughs> Holy shit, dude. As, those are like two of the toughest mothers ever, man.
1: Yeah. Well, dude, Bruce Watson. So he, so he, he and I had already fought once. Then he, he came over to me, punched me in the face, and then like I kind of like stabbed at him with my stick. There was a ref between us. I slashed him. My stick broke. I, he came after me. The ref was like, all right, I'm out of here. I speared him with, like, the broken part of my stick. That's but right. I, I remember, that's right. I remember thinking, like, oh, like, I don't want to kill this guy. You're right. Or, like, but I, like, poked him. I didn't, like, stab him, but I poked him. Yeah. I got suspended for it. I was going to say, like,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I remember yeah, I this now.
1: When I dropped my gloves, we, we were fighting. There was no rest because there was all kinds of fights going on. And I was, like, winning the fight, and then I don't know what happened. It was, like, I guess just destiny, but he, like, pulled out of – I had a hold on him. He pulled out of his hold and just drilled me with an uppercut, and he shattered my orbital socket. Yes, that's right,
0: because you had, like, the mesh behind your eye now, don't you?
1: Yeah, then I had to get surgery, and that was pretty much, like – honestly, man, that was pretty much the end of my fighting career because, like, I really didn't have – that's not really what I wanted to be doing. I didn't really want to be fighting heavyweights to get – you know, I just wanted to show that I was, like, helping my teammates, and I was, like, willing to go – but like it would always end up me in the coast. Like I would always have to fight like goon, you know, like Grant McNeil and uh, y- you know, Biz Nasty and
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and up until that point, you were doing it to remain relevant in the game, and then you changed your game and made a different relevancy for yourself.
1: Yeah, I just I just decided like you know I could still be physical and I could still be nasty, but I don't need to be like dropping the gloves with like you know at Goon or, you know some of these heavies that are just way out of my league and fighting and plus i brought more to the table so uh, it really helped me when i stopped fighting that's when you know things started to take off a little bit more my hockey career i got called up more and um yeah uh, well,
0: well because you didn't you didn't lose your physicality you didn't fight as much but you still you know were hitting and getting and you know running and, and playing hard as shit that's for sure
1: yeah absolutely but the game the game was changing too right around me you know it was like there was less clutching and grabbing less less violence you know the, the players are faster so it was like kind of a lot harder to you know line guys up um and it just became more of a skill game um which i was happy to be doing anyway it was like you know i didn't want to be taking i did not want to be getting eye surgery from getting my face punched in you know?
0: yeah 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 hey do you have your iowa chop jersey uh i don't you know i had it somewhere
1: i don't know where i haven't seen it in a while but i wish that I, I was all my old unis i remember <laughs> i wish i had bought them all
0: i was gonna say if you I have your chop buy it. If, I gotta buy it. if you have your chop jersey i want to buy it off you because that thing is yeah. badass
1: yeah Iowa chops those are the days
0: <laughs> that logo is so cool man
1: the giant pig.
0: oh yeah for sure did, did you keep anything from your playing days
1: Yeah, I mean, I had tons of stuff. Like, uh, you know, a lot of old sticks, a lot of old gear, uh, you know, a lot of articles and things. It was kind of – I wish there was more video and and pictures and stuff because that would help now more than ever. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of old stuff.
0: Now, is that hard? Do you keep that just at your parents' house? Because with you moving and stuff, are you able to just have a a safe place for it?
1: it? Yeah, that stuff's all, like, in storage pretty much. I don't really have, like – a set place where i keep all my memorabilia and i like you know look at it or anything like right now like you mentioned i'm very i'm on the move i just i just moved again i'm just kind of getting set up here and uh you know trying to keep it as i try to keep it as tight as i can and, and uh you know <laughs> i got a few things like actually recently one kid just sent me uh this awesome dude sebastian Brath. shout out my buddy sebastian from slovakia he's a kid who i met at the uh this tournament in chicago and we uh, hes a butt ends kid, and he's just a great guy. He sent me—he bought—he got this awesome Lalone Slovakia jersey, Sari and Hosa, and like he sent it to me in the mail, and like so things like that. Now, oh, like you know, awesome. Memorabilia, as it is, yeah, I keep that stuff, and you know, I'll put that stuff up, and uh, you know, make some videos wearing the jersey, and you know, kind of stuff like that, and or you know, just new some of the newer things I've gathered through through butt ends. I you know, I keep that stuff, and. Oh, someday maybe I'll have like more of a more of an office with all the all the memorabilia. But uh, yeah.
0: do you guys have any hopes for like a brick and mortar store one day? Because uh, I know you guys are like. Imp- know, I,
1: don't, I don't know, like the way things are now, like I, I going into a brick and mortar store is, is, is like kind of a nightmare. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you can, can think be- about having, um, no, you, you can know, bo- you temperature can- nice to Go check out Blood Ends I don't know.
0: You could buy one for cheap, but, <laughs> but yeah, keeping one open. But I know you guys are at Piranis and It again, and uh, I think Pure Hockey and all over the place, man. That, that's got to be very helpful as well to the business.
1: Yeah, having these guys, having these bigger you know chains and these bigger retailers uh, carry our product is, is amazing. You know, and uh, you know there was obviously in the very beginning when we were first getting started. You know, we were we were you know grinding it to try to get you know one mom and pop here, and one mom and pop there. Yeah back in the day, like you know, none of the bigger stores would you know it was hard to get anybody on the phone, let alone have them be a supporter. But uh, yeah, worked hard, and you know, all those stores, the Piranis i love Peranis. are great, pure hockey, dude. The bat, they're amazing. I love them, Pir- and you know, I love their—I love what they do. I love what they do for the game. Piranis is uh, Peranis is, is heaven. Yeah, Piranis they are amazing, and they have a great staff, and they have a great organization, and they've been super supportive of buttons, and uh, they've had us at their their tent sale every year, their annual tent sale um you know and they give us the space there and uh i'm a huge fan of always always great staff great people and grateful for the you know the opportunity to to be you know involved with an organization like that
0: so do you go to the one in flint
1: yeah the one in uh yeah farmington hills
0: yeah dude next time you're going there when if they do a tent tell me because my wife's from flint i will we'll come up for a trip i'll come hang out man yeah
1: that would be great that'd I mean, be sick yeah, Last year was the first year, uh, you know, obviously with COVID, that we didn't do. It. I think we did like five or six years in a row. And, uh, yeah, it was almost like a kind of a staple at the, at the tent sale. I love doing it. And it's great. You know, the tent sale fills up, and it's a chance for me to stand there and talk all about buttons all day for a few days and, and, and talk to the, you know, the young players and the parents and everybody. And it's just a wonderful experience.
0: Well, I never knew about Pirani. And then, you know, going up – because we would play – Music in Flint all the time. Flint loved us. So, so we would go play in Flint constantly. And my buddy, Coop, shout out to Coop, was like, hey, I know you're, you like hockey. Have you ever been to Pranis? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, it's like one of the biggest hockey outlets in the world. So we went and I went in there. And I was like, oh, my God. There was the one I think at the door uh, mall. And I was like, oh, my God, like, where am I? Like being an Ohio kid, like there, I think there's two of them in Ohio now. But at that time, I was like, this is something – I've never experienced it so I was I'm super glad you guys are at Piranis because that's a big deal man that's that's truly awesome yeah Piranis is awesome and uh yeah grateful
1: yeah again just to you know all any store that would uh you know that carries our product it's uh it's been super fun to you know do all the the work that it takes to get your product in there so to see it on the shelf to walk in and see it there is uh is is really fun
0: all right Rob who was the funniest teammate you ever had? Who was the guy who just killed everybody in the room? Oh, wow. Funniest teammate. Uh,
1: the first person that comes to mind is, uh, I don't know if he's the funniest, but he's, he's, a, he's a, a real beauty, is my buddy Nettie Lukasiewicz. Uh, he's awesome. He's an L.A. Kings drafted player, and I played with him for a few years uh, in Reading, and uh, he's a beauty. Funny, I don't know, funniest guy, think. Um, oh, so many guys over the years. Uh
0: well, that's got to be a joy of being, you know, playing in the minors is, you know, and, and having to travel like you did, but you get to meet so many guys.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been great. And like, I have relationships with guys from, from throughout the years who, you know, I still talk with and I still communicate with and, um, you know, follow what they're doing. And, uh, you know, some of the guys are even still playing. So, Well,
0: who, um, who are some of those guys? Because I wanted to ask you, who do you keep in touch with from the days playing?
1: A couple of, you know, a couple guys from Merrimack, a couple guys from Pro, you know, i so close with and then, you know, other guys just, you know, peripherally through the game, you'll see it, you know, I'll see them and, you know, I'll see guys, you know, that either I, you know, played with or played against, you know, I've had guys that I played against like, or for example, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, Chaz Johnson, he's like, he was like my nemesis. Yeah, I reached out to him when we had buttons and was like, you know, asked him to try the product and he was super cool and he was using, he was using buttons like, you know, in his game. Um, you know, after I had stopped playing, and, and again we were like We hated each other as, as competitors. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh you know, certain other guys like uh, to see. You know, I played with like Jonathan Quick in Reading back in the day. Yeah, and yeah. Still, um, uh, my D partner in Toronto is Anton Stralman, and I love watching his game and see where he took his game because uh, you know he and I were manning the blue line together in Toronto, and you know to see him you know become just a, a, a stud NHL D man uh yeah just guys from all over um super cool
0: man it is always a blast talking to you man let's let's not make it two years this time let's make this an annual thing we'll get in and talk about the world of butt ends and uh i i appreciate your time and i'm super excited about the future of butt ends and i'm i'm a believer man i've got nephews daughters i use one i think anybody listening if you're on the fence about it you truly just have to get one and and feel the experience of a butt end because they are in my opinion the future of the end of your stick uh rob let them know where you're at man
1: yeah thanks a lot i appreciate it again yeah for sure like you said uh, i can't believe it's been two years but thank you so much for for having me on today and i appreciate everybody for listening and i appreciate your you know your time and uh, i love your show and i love the energy that you know you bring it's it, uh, it's always exciting for me to talk to you so thanks a lot for having me on uh if you want to if you want to find us online at ends b-u-t-t-e-n-d-z um you can just hit us up there, and uh, you know, that's 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 where I see everything. And um, yeah, thanks a lot for, for checking them out and mm-hmm. supporting us all these years,
0: absolutely, man. Fun. Absolutely. Again, man. Well, one last quick question What is there a reason you have to sit the knob up on the bench? Does, does that water at the bottom mess with it?
1: So it's reusable, and like if you want to take the grips off, the best way to get them off is you can get like liquid in between the grip and
0: so can, like, oh, okay, yep. It,
1: so we say sit the knob up on the bench, and like if you the, the other thing you can do though is if you want you can make them permanent. It's like some of the guys in the in the National League will you can glue the tops shut, or you can uh, keep them off the ground. But uh, that's just the best way to keep them, you know, uh, performing at the at the best. You know, at the, I
0: figured at the it had to deal with keeping that friction tight at the top and not getting yeah. it keeping it as dry as possible.
1: We like to say it's, like it's similar to like a golf grip, right? Like You wouldn't go out right before you're, you know, you're going to tee off and then
0: put your, your, your driver down in like on the wet ground. You know? <laughs>
1: no. Best performance. It's kind of the same with the hockey grip. You just want to keep it off the ground for optimal performance and out there and light it up.
0: Well, hell yeah, man. Hey, best luck in Puerto Rico, man, and we'll talk soon, buddy. This has been a yeah, pleasure.
1: Me on. I really appreciate your time and everything, man. This is great. Uh, thanks very much.
0: All right, man. See you later.
1: Talk soon. Thanks. How many bucks do I give? How many bucks do